Hello and welcome to the 28th and final episode of Simpler Sound. Um, I broke up with Evan. I don't even know if he's here right now. Uh, I am here. Hi, Zach. How no, are you? Him. How was your weekend? <laughs> Hi, Evan. My weekend was pretty good. Uh, my my lady friend came down from New York and uh, her lady, her best lady friend uh, moved here from the West Coast. And so I think my lady friend dumped me for her best lady friend to spend time with her. Um, but we had a good time. I, uh, I went to my favorite really, really, really crappy Drexel U-Pen bar, and it was as bad as ever. And I said goodbye to it. I've been saying goodbye to a lot of things lately, Evan. My life is changing. You're finally going through puberty. It started late, and like the doctor said, it would be late. But I didn't think it'd be this late. You didn't think it'd be twenty three late? No, no. Like, and now I will. Now all my friends will hate me when I'm twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds I'm like even even by the way, even though you got ditched, it sounds like you had a better uh, better night than I did last night. Did you know that uh, you know just an hour and a half ago, I dropped uh, Grace off at the train station where the incident happened. Have, did you hear about that, like, otherwise, outside of me? No, 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 I didn't. You want to tell the people? Yeah, so I was in Baltimore um, last night, Saturday night. And first of all, I got off the train, and I saw someone dressed as the Joker. And Whoa. Like, which Joker? Like, the classic Nicholson Joker. Okay. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Every I swear, every time I did that, make it, did you to, think like, well, to, was were you just like fuck everything? This isn't uh, Times Square, or were you like, this is bad news? No, so I, I knew immediately what was going on when I got when I saw the Joker because every year in Baltimore they do this thing called Otacon, which is like a giant anime comic con convention. Oh, so you so you saw you saw the Joker and you were like, I actually know what's happening. Yes, right now. and. Okay. <laughs> I somehow seem to be in Baltimore every year that this, like around the same time that this happens. I don't know why. I never plan it that way. Um, but I walked out and I saw the Joker and I said, oh, God, this thing again. So there were people dressed up as Batman and Power Rangers and Pikachu and some weird other thing. I don't know what it is. I saw a man dressed as the yellow angry bird vomit all over the floor of Chick-fil-A. And he just know, and man. he just Chick-fil-A's. walked away. He he vomited on the floor and just walked away. Would you say that you ever have good experiences when you go to Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so far. To me, when I when I go from Philadelphia to DC or New York to DC, I'm always kind of like when I get to Baltimore, I just feel like I should be in DC already, and I'm not. And so to me, Baltimore is like, can you get out of the way? That's how I feel That's about fair. it. That's fair. Well, Baltimore, like the Baltimore that I go to is just basically the harbor and Fells Point. Like there's nothing else. There's no other reason to go to Baltimore. Um, did we tell the people why uh, uh, the incident yet? Or did we just talk about the Joker? No, just the Joker. So I was in Baltimore and then I was taking a late later okay. train back to D.C. at like 1145. Um and you wish. I got to the train station and uh, things were on time. And then the, the, the 
board updated and said it was like 20 minutes late. I said, oh, that's fine. You know, like 20 minutes. It's not a big deal. Got to just go with the flow sometimes. Um, especially since the train was coming from Boston. And that's a lot of stops in between Boston and Baltimore. So it's fine. It's whatever. And then... Can can you do that lyric? The Boston lyric? Said, I think I'll go to Boston. I think I'll start a new life. Thank, thank yeah. you. And, um... Yeah. Then the time kept getting pushed back and back and back, only like by five or ten minutes each time. And then it literally just said delayed, and there was no time update. Um, so that wasn't fun. And then there was also a train at 1.40 in the morning. That was the next one after the 11.45. And that one was moving. That one didn't say it was delayed, so nobody really knew what was happening. Um, and then... At some point, we we found out that there was someone in Wilmington, Delaware, which is just outside of Philadelphia. It's the next, it's the southern stop between Philadelphia and D, and Baltimore. Um, someone had jumped on the tracks and gotten hit by the train, um, and they had shut everything down to do a police investigation, which took two and a half, three hours. Um, so that was. Uh, Kind of a, you know, an inconvenience. what time did you get home? I didn't get home till four o'clock this morning. So basically, so basically the train just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed because they were doing this police investigation. And then they finally, the train finally shut up at like 2.45 or 3 or something like that. Um, meanwhile, that 140 train that was like two hours behind the other one had caught up to the, to the train in Wilmington, Delaware, and then was 10 minutes behind it. <laughs> That's horrible. Talking about people killing themselves. Uh, a, th- a few weeks ago in Manhattan. Oh, July 4th weekend. I think it was probably July 4th? Oh, no. Probably July 5th? Yeah. We were uh, leaving my home on Upper West Side to go back to Grace's Place in Brooklyn. And uh, we went to our local train stop. And there they were all closed down. And no one was letting themselves in. And so we were like, well, we can't get in here. We didn't know what was going on. And then so we, we uh, took a cab to 72nd Street instead of the 96th Street station. And the board, like the board, the blinking board in like the MTA subway stations, just can just switch to basically there is a a train repair happening on uh, 96th street and the express train will no longer be running for the next few hours kind of thing and then on twitter it was very obvious that there was a police investigation yada yada this seems to be a thing i think yeah um i uh i can't imagine what someone would be going through to to do something like that or or you know that the conductor of the train who actually was responsible for hitting this guy or this woman or or whomever it was, um, and what kind of just like emotional pain that puts you through, uh, more so than any kind of inconvenience on you know I just it was frustrating that we had were delayed three hours, but you know ultimately it pales in comparison to the other things that that people affected by the situation are going through. Um, and then there was this whole kind of thing where people were trying to get cabs from Baltimore to DC and they were we were negotiating with the the cab drivers it was like 100 bucks one way um so obviously you would try to fit as many people so they made so they made out like a pro oh yeah so i kept getting like left out of all of these cabs because they had they would have like two seats left and then there was a couple who was going to you know, like i'm not going to take priority over a couple like they obviously need to go together 
And then but you said you you weren't gonna pay your hundred bucks. I would have paid a hundred bucks. This is where we're different. I wasn't gonna now like for for two hours, three more. Like I had already been there long enough, right? Like what's another two hours? I don't know. I guess like I had no, what so else is there to I do? I guess I could have made it work. Like if I had like my iPad and I could watch like Netflix, but it seems like that you did not have that option. I, did your phone die? No, I actually at the last minute I was walking at the door. I, was like, I should probably bring my phone charger. Um. So I brought my phone charger, so I was good. Like I was just listening to podcasts the whole time and caught up on God bless on you. some of that stuff. So I I was just like totally content to sit there. Um, so I was fine. Like I had nowhere to be. It was what am I gonna do at two o'clock in the morning? Because I was going to sleep, right? Um, I guess so. So I got home and then went, texted me. I knew you were with your lady, so I didn't wanna didn't wanna intrude. Thank you. And then I got home and I went to sleep. You went to sleep. Then what? And then I was awoke, awoken, awakened, awakened, not awoken. Ugh. Oh, I re- I remember this. I was awakened by this like kind of pounding music and clapping and chanting outside my window at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, there was a wedding across the street at the hotel. And a wedding? You don't say a wedding at nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, and there was a horse outside. It was an Indian wedding, so the groom rides in on a horse. Um. Holy shit. So I know your place. I don't really understand how this happened or where. I don't know the good so, brunch place. It, yeah, so it's across the street. Um kind of where the park is. Mm. So loud. That's I don't weird. understand why it was so you loud. Think 9, 9 a.m. seems early for a wedding, right? I feel mm-hmm. like what time do the people have to get up? I don't know, but all you those know? all those like, people at the hotel were probably pissed. When we get married, we should wait until at least like two PM. Our wedding's going to be at 2 a.m. And it's just going to be... I Je- mean, that's better than... Not, I feel like that's definitely better than 9 a.m. It's just going to be Jesse Lacey quietly strumming on a guitar and singing in his best Morrissey voice. No comment. <laughs> um, so... We just spent the first 11 minutes of our final podcast talking about people, uh, unfortunately, killing themselves and uh, train delays. Yeah. Sounds fitting. But we have good news and we have bad news for everyone. The good news is we are not casualties of the 27 Club because this is episode 28, like you said. We made it. We made, we it. made it. We made it past 27. Um, the bad news is this will, in fact, be the last episode of Simpler Sound. Yes. Um, hi, my name is Zach. Um, my life is changing a little bit now. Um I'm going to be moving back to New York and New Jersey from Philadelphia in a couple of weeks in mid-August. And uh, I will maybe be doing some new stuff or maybe be doing not any new stuff. But regardless, there will be happening some changes in my life. And this is just, I suppose, the first of a few announcements of similar kinds that will be made um, throughout the rest of this week and beyond. I'm sad. But sometimes things change, and that's okay. Um, Eben has been nice about it. He hasn't hated me too much, which is good, um, I think. I'm just really happy for you. And thank thank you. Um, Yes, hopefully some things work out. Um, But I would really like to thank, we would both like to thank anyone that has been listening for um, uh, 27 and 12 minutes of a 28th episode so far. 
Um, launching the new Properties Act in January was a large culmination of a lot of things for me. And this podcast was one of them. And it's been really great to do um, almost 28 consecutive episodes without a break in between, um, except one or twice, once or two times. And um, yeah, things are changing and uh, that's okay. And uh, hi. Hi. Goodbye. Things are going to be okay. Everything is all right, I think, except I have to move again for the third time in a month and a half and I have to move my girlfriend (laughs) in twice. Turns out I didn't need to find a subletter for my old place um, and I could have just kept there and not moved until uh, when I'd be when I'm moving now anyway, instead of finding a subletter, um, spending moving, spending money moving, uh, getting new furniture a month ago, um, finding out that I would be moving back, um, finding another subletter and, of course, needing to now move back. Um, Yeah, not great. You're a masochist. But yeah, um, didn't do it on purpose. If anyone lives in Philadelphia and wants a free queen size bed and mattress, hit me up. <laughs> Why don't you just send it to me and you can you can use it when you uh, when you come visit me? <laughs> I don't know where you'd put it. I would put it. Uh, I have space, maybe. Your space. I'll stack it on top of the the one that I it's, have now. It's quite, you know, it's a it's a bitch to it's a bitch to take apart and put back together. It'll be like that fairy tale, the princess and the pea. I think that's what it is. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. I do actually, for once. Wow, well, this is shocking. It's okay. I haven't re- I haven't mentioned a TV show from the '90s, so we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I like a lot of '90s shows. Like what? What are we going to... Oh, uh, like one of my 90s shows. Um, Full House, Friends, Seinfeld. Seinfeld is my favorite show of all time. Friends is bad. Um, yeah, I feel like Friends really did not age. Right? Well, I started watching Friends on Net- on Netflix. I was like, I I'd never really liked Friends growing up, but I was like, okay, like, probably just like start episode one. Well, let's Let's give it a shot. Could not watch more. Than, oh, like recently you did the. Could you, not watch more than like seven and a, a half minutes of it. Yeah, it was it was just awful. Wow. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would be able to watch it today. Seinfeld more than holds up. Um, I think it is great. Um, I'm sure there's oh, Boy Meets World, obviously. Wonder Years was better. We've never seen. It. Well, the well, the kid, you know, uh, Ben Savage, who's in. I know. Boy meets Boy's world. His brother Fred Savage is in the Wonder Years, so it's a it's a thing. You're my brother Fred Savage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me. Anyway. Your brother Fred Savage. <laughs> anyway. Um What are we talking about? One more time. We figured we would uh end things the way we started them by talking about Blink 182. Like just the best band ever, but also just a disaster. And maybe Blink-183 or two is the best representation of a life. It can be so modest and then so successful and then terrible. And then it can be reconciled again. But ultimately, it will fall apart. It's like trying to put band-aids on a 
Uh, to to use your girl Taylor Swift band aids. Oh, fix I was I was gonna. <laughs> I heard you say band aids, and I thought you were gonna say like over a big hole, and then I was like, wait, I'm gonna turn this into a Taylor Swift saying. I was gonna for me. I was gonna I'm try to that. say like you can't put a band aid on the on the Titanic, right? Like, but well, I went with the Taylor Swift thing. Um, but, yeah, but yeah. I think That's that even one. when they got back together, like their relationship was just so irreparably damaged that um, it was gonna fracture again. It, you know, it's it and. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tom DeLong out of Blink-182 in Matt Skiba. Yeah, that uh, really broke my heart. Uh, <laughs> that saddened me for a very long time, you know. Um, and did you know that Blink-182 with Matt Skiba, do you think they're going to call it like Sublime with Rome? Like, do you think really think they're going to call it Blink-182 with Matt Skiba forever? I don't know. Um I would hope not because it does feel like Sublime with Rome, which was really stupid. Which is so dark. Did you know Sublime with Rome is no longer a band? It's just Rome now. Yeah. Y- yeah, but I don't know where Sublime is. Like, where did they back, go? Back to the medical marijuana shop? I don't remember. Know. Like, remember when Field by Ramen signed Sublime with Rome? Like Sublime with Rome, less appealing than Sublime, which is hard to do. I, I agree on both fronts. I'm just trying to remember an age where Field by Ramen signed that band and thought it was a good idea. That's that's really the crux of my problem here. Yeah, have you ever listened to Sublime? No, I'm sure like Sublime is a band that I must have heard like at some shitty restaurant sometime in my life, right? Like I've definitely heard a Sublime song, I'm sure, but not knowingly. Love is it's what I got. You probably thought it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> they have some hits. They do. A lot, of, a lot of songs about California. They're all about California, right? Like, you ever think, like, why have Katy Perry and Red Hot Chili Peppers not done a California tour? You ever think about Katie that? Katy huh? Perry's only huh? written one song about California. I feel like all Katy Perry songs are about California. Not really. There's a lot of starting line songs about California or about the West Coast. In yeah, general. that's true. I guess when you're from the East Coast, like the West Coast is just this kind of mythical thing. Like it was for me. I, um, you know, when, when I was growing up, my family. You, you've only you've been you've been three times and only uh, only four, four times, four, four times, four times. Um so my family, like we, we would go to Hawaii on vacation and stuff, um, but I don't consider that like. Visit. Oh, you've been to Hawaii? Yeah, it's awesome. We we should go to Hawaii sometime. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, you know, I was just talking to Grace about it this weekend. I don't know if I have any desire to go to Hawaii. Oh, it's awesome, man. Why? It's go- It's gorgeous. It's like. I feel it's got to be so expensive, though. It is expensive, but it it's like a, it's such a weird feeling because you feel like you're not in America, but you are. Right. It just Why really f- wouldn't I just go to the Caribbean? Because there's pirates there. No, there aren't. They made a, they made five movies about it. There's definitely pirates there. I've been to the Caribbean well over a dozen times, and I like it very much there. I think I would just go to the Caribbean. Did you see Johnny if Depp? I, was, I saw people that looked like Johnny Depp. Did you see the guy with the? with the beard that was like tentacles black uh, davy jones i don't know oh yeah 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 i know who you're talking about 
Um, there's definitely a lot of people that look like those people. Um, and they definitely are drinking rum at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. There is, there is such a thing called island time that does exist on islands. You just want to go, uh, so you can listen to your Jimmy Buffett records and, uh, dig your toes in the sand, drink a margarita. Oh my God. I forgot about Jimmy Buffett. We're really, Island. we're really just bringing all the things back in here. This is like a great, yeah, the greatest bring hits it show. Around, around circle. I mean, you know, we leave each other, but Brown Sound rejoins uh, some forty-one. So there is hope. Ugh, I don't care about that either. I haven't, I haven't cared about some forty-one in like eleven years. I still care, and to me, some forty-one is the second best pop punk band. You are so wrong. How? Who are like you think that they're better? Than, okay, so obviously number one is Blink. Obviously, you don't consider Green Day a pop punk band? I do. I just like look, man. Like I don't consider American Idiot a pop punk record. Really, it's just a radio rock record, which is fine. But like, what do you to think me, about Duke? Green, it's great, but like all the other shit is like, uh. Like, who cares about Insomniac? The same could be said for everything post uh, Does This Look Infected for some 41. No, you could use post Chuck. People love Chuck, man. You have a blind spot for Chuck. Chuck wasn't good. Chuck is some 41's best album. Piece of shit. Ugh, imagine that. Imagine having such a bad opinion. To to me, it goes Chuck, Does This Look Infected, um, All Killer, No Filler. Surprised you didn't put Screaming Bloody Murder number one. Dude, I wanted that to be my like favorite album of all time. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, this is actually a piece of garbage. Great. Like most of their catalog. Sorry. Um. <laughs> to me, it goes Blink, Sum 41, Newfound Glory. And then there's a massive drop down to like... Knuckle Puck. <laughs> Good band to like the starting line. Um, I guess would you consider Fallout Boy? Like you have to consider the first three Fallout Boy records, right? Yeah, it's tough to me. Fallout Boy seems so isolated to everything, just since they are so mainstream, way more mainstream than like Green Day. So it's like I feel I was just think I was. Uh, we're gonna talk about it at the end of this episode our favorite album closers. And I was looking at Fall Out Boy and I'm like, man, I just don't consider you like a band. You are like a pop star. And it's, I'm not like saying that's bad. I just, when I look down the rest of my library, the only thing that points out as far as Fall Out Boy to me is like Taylor Swift in my library. So it's weird to think about the thing with Fall Out Boy that I have kind of um, been weighing recently is like, their career, I think, is very clearly kind of split into into two different halves, right? Like, obviously, they got really big with right. with Sugar and and Dance Dance, like those are huge songs. And then um, Infinity on High is really kind of where they took things to that next level and they became um, more than just a rock band. They were, you know, kind of more pop leading. And I think that the period in which they have been included in the pop universe is a far longer period than they were in a, a pop punk band. Exactly. Yeah. I think it goes farther than, um, 
than when they were like Warp Tour posted a photo of them playing Warp Tour in Chicago in 2004 yesterday. And that feels like a different world for um, that than where Fall Boy currently is. But to me, like Blink still feels like the same world. I don't know. You know, you with me? No. Maybe because you never saw that transformation with Blink. It was just always in your mind. Right, right, it was right. always these guys are huge. They're on MTV. They're on TRL. They're always popular, and they're and they're like basically pop stars, kind of. Totally. But however, I would say like Paramore to me is like a pop band now. However, Haley Williams and I think the rest of them all all are super grounded to this scene. Like Haley Williams is the most not pop rock star rock star in the world and that paramore still feels completely grounded to me fallout boy's just like oh i have a tv show with ashley simpson even though that was 10 years ago probably it it, it just kind of proves that there's no one size fits all way to to have your career go it's it's just kind of uh an unpredictable thing yeah i don't know we'll talk about it no there's no next time um oh no, try to be sad here, okay? Please. This is not time for jokes. I'm not happy, man. I almost, you know, I almost cried about something today. We're trying to have a real show here. Um, but anyway, back to Blink. So, it turns out that uh, Mark Hoppus in an interview, I think it was with Rolling Stone, right? Um, no, Billboard. Uh, confirmed that Matt Skiba is now a part of this band and that they will be recording new music in August, which is next month. Can I give you my prediction? Yes. They will record music. <laughs> this will be the first of several recording sessions. They'll record a full song in August. They will either release it in November or like in February. They will announce a tour and a, and a maybe a not necessarily an arena tour, but a very large tour next uh, spring and summer with a day to remember as direct support. And another band from our genre. It will either be punk to cater to Skiba or it will be like neck deep. And I'm not saying that with any knowledge. Please don't say I'm saying this with any knowledge. I'm just taking just saying things. I feel like neck deep. I feel like neck deep is like the perfect, uh, perfect opener. I would agree. Um, And um, they'll they won't necessarily release an album next year or this year. But they're not gonna they're not gonna make the same well, I think they would release an album next year. But they're not gonna make the same mistakes as they did when they started with Tom by promising things that they cannot keep. Um and that the tour will go massively successfully and that the album um could either be good, but it won't feel like blink, or the album will be a disaster and it won't feel like blink, and then they might be in a really bad position. But either way, I don't think there's any way to really make to really not kill the legacy. Um, oh, the legacy is, is the legacy is torched at this point, right? But like, it's like, do you want to torch it and then pee on it, or do you just want to torch it? Would but by peeing on it, you would put the flames out. Yeah, but then it would smell like pee. The flames are gonna go out eventually, right maybe i don't know i'm not an i'm not an arsonist i was never i was never a pyro as a kid so um i i had a little pyro phrase i should be saying this on the podcast my parents will hear it that's okay (laughs) (laughs) i did i did have a little pyro phrase 
I got really into Zippos. Wow, my mom's not gonna love this. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna text you really, immediately, just like the Xbox incident. Yeah, she is gonna text me. Yeah, I got really into Zippos. Um, I bought a New Jersey Net Zippo and a um, Houston Rocket Zippo. I don't like the Rockets by any means, but I really like um, their logo. <laughs> or I did, I did at. Uh, you know, I, I like the logo when I was like 13. Um, and the NBA store used to be very close to uh, my old school um, of um, of 300 white males. Um, and yeah, I had a zip. I had a thing for Zippos for a little bit. So that's me. <laughs> um, so let me. What else can I say about my life right now that will that will make my parents concerned? No, I think you have immunity here. I think uh, on the last episode of a podcast, you can say whatever you want, and there is no there will be no repercussions. Hmm. Okay. Um. So let me just we'll just start with this. Um. I have the lowest of low expectations for Blink One Eighty Two with Sublime with Rome with Matt Skiba and. Even though I have very low expectations for it, I can't say I'm going to be in a hurry to listen to it. Even when music mm. comes out. I feel like I will listen to it immediately. For sure. Um, like, I'm not stoked, but I will listen to this way quicker than I would listen to... Um, like the next Tom DeLonge solo EP. Did you ever listen to that? Yeah. What did you think? I didn't find one redeeming thing besides that song I kind of like that we talked about that I don't remember the name of. Um, New World? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I think. So what about, there's that last song called, I cannot, cannot believe I'm actually saying these words in this order. Golden showers from the Golden State, um, which basically that's sounds, a song that everyone thinks would be a Blink song, right? Yeah, because it did. Like musically, it sounds like a a Toy Page era Blink song, um, but the lyrics are just the stupidest thing. You like, why is a forty year old man singing these words? Isn't it crazy how old they got? Yeah, like you always say your heroes turn human. No, it's like watching your heroes grow really old. <laughs> um, that's the weirdest part about, about growing up is not how old I get is how old everybody else who is older than me that I, you know, looked up to gets. Um, yeah. yeah. I've been thinking a lot over the past few weeks, I guess, as like my stuff kind of is changing and just about like, how much has changed in the past six years of running the website and also like how, you know, if uh, Tom DeLong was 31, I don't know how old he was, when the site started and he's now 37. He's already, That's kind of crazy. He's 39 right now. He turns 40 this year. That is wild. Wild. So like, I don't know. It's just kind of bizarre. Um, suddenly I got old. I uh, I refuse to believe that uh, anyone was born before uh, 2001. Like, those people just don't exist to me. Before 2001? You were yeah, born like before, before 2001. Or sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, what I mean is after after 2001, after 9-11. Okay. 
Like, I don't, I don't believe that. And I also, 20 years ago will always be the 1980s to me. It will never now be the 1990s and soon the 2000s. <laughs> like, like, there's just those few things where I'm like, oh, yeah, 20, the tw 20 years ago, the 80s. And it's like, oh, no, that wasn't the 80s. And uh, it's, it's a little soul crushing. I mean, there are, uh, you know, basketball players now in the NBA who just got drafted who were born in 1997. How wild is that? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> 18 years ago. I mean, it's even weird, obviously, to think that, like, um, you know, I'm managing bands that are my age, but that these bands, like, kind of matter, you know, to some people. And that I am in a band that, sorry, I manage a band or a few bands that are popular, but, like, everyone in my age, all those bands are, who are my same age, like, I don't know, just weird. It's weird that. I am also in an age group currently that can have some effect on micro or macro society. You know, you just know how to pick them. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's not like I'm not trying to be cocky. It's just like it's it's just a weird feeling to to slowly come to realize. Um, so back so back to Blink. Um, I feel like. I just I'm just so not interested in this because for me as someone who got into Blink, you know, right when Enema came out. Um the Blink that I knew was Mark, Tom and Travis, right? Like so to other people like that incarnation of Blink was not the real Blink cuz it didn't have Scott Rayner in the band and it was Travis. Um but I think that most people again it's like the same thing with with Fallout Boy, like the two kind of phases of their career, right? Like pre-Travis Blink and post-Travis Blink are two very distinct eras and they got big right when Travis came in the band and I think most people agree that that is Blink like that period those members right. that is Blink um so to have someone else who is not one of those three members um I don't want to say pretending or masquerading because that kind of is not fair to Matt Skiba who by all accounts is a champ and is just like you know, giving it's a hundred percent. It's so good for him. Um, I will never accept him as a member of Blink-182. It's just, it's just not the way yeah, that I process things. For a band that has been a band for now going on 25 years, it's just like, eh, you know, it, to me, it's too, and, and inter, it's not interchangeable. Um, and so I don't know, like, in, in some ways, I hope like Matt Skiba quits the band tomorrow and it never happens. That's not going to happen, obviously. But oh no, it'll never it's happen. It's just, it's just weird. There's going to be so much money for them to make, and like, even if for some reason, this is the thing. Blink has so many large songs, <laughs> but even like if I don't know, even if their touring popularity waned, like they would still just get massive festival offers and. It's it's just weird to see something like I I don't love Link One Eighty Two any less, but it's just weird to see the future of something be bastardized. Let me ask you this: Back when Plus Forty Four was a thing, um, yeah, they would play Blink songs live. They think they just played the Rock Show, maybe, maybe was my age again, but they played the, they played the Rock Show. What's my age again? And damn. It. Okay, so if 
Mark and Travis and one of those random weird dudes. I don't even remember their names. Um, went in the three of them and they said, we're going to make a record and it's going to be called blink 182. People would be like, what the hell are you guys? This is not blink 182. I think people are really kind of, uh, mm. cut it, letting this slide a bit because it's Matt Skiba and people really like Matt Skiba. But if it were some rando or some no name dude, um, everybody would be like, this isn't blink. This is definitely not blink. So I think that, I think that the, perception is skewed a little bit because of who is uh who's stepping in to to take tom's proverbial spot in this band that's interesting i think it i think it might be less that the skiba and more that people were just so fed up with DeLong that they they were they were gonna let whatever happen but they weren't making good music with tom in the band in the last five years anyway like yeah but I don't know. Everybody's like, you know, Tom's know. Tom's got to just be dedicated to this band. Well, you know, the the EP and the record that they put out weren't any good, so you know, maybe they just can't I mean, write I good don't. songs anymore. Maybe they just can't do it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it will obviously be curious, like how much writing that Skiba will have on the record. Like, this is a thing. I would much rather have a plus forty four record than a Blake One Eighty Two record without Tom DeLonge. But there's no money for them to be made there. Oh, I wouldn't, because um, I didn't think that plus forty four record was good. Um, you I, know, I love it. You know, I'll I'll say this again, and I've said it on the show. I think a ton of times. What made Blink great to me was was the push and the pull between Mark and Tom, and and without Tom, I think Mark's writing suffered a lot. And obviously, without Mark, Tom's writing suffers a lot. You look at the Angels EPs and the records, and how it's just basically he just knows how to write one song now. But then when they came back together and did Blink again, they didn't care enough. And you can point to Tom and all the things that have come out. Like Tom wasn't involved. Like Tom just wanted to do things at home. He wanted to just send files back and forth. He didn't really want to do writing sessions together in a room. But like it missed that collaboration and the push and the pull and and Tom elevating Mark's ideas and Mark pulling Tom back from the moon when he got too crazy and extravagant. And without the two of them, you know working hand in hand and really kind of pushing the other. Um, I, I don't think either of them are capable of, of really being the guy. Yeah. Um, I know you probably I disagree. Know, I, 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 no, no, I, I would still reserve the fact that I really think if they, oh, look, I don't think that like the last record in EP or the best music in the world. I do like them each, but I really felt there was this moment in 2013 after like the 10 year shows and all that, where it felt like if they got into the studio and they actually recorded the record that, and they actually were in the studio together, that it was going to happen again, like in a good way. And and I think they could have gone there and, and I felt like they were so close to being there. Um, and that's what makes me more the most sad. Cause like, I fully believe that they could have hit it again and that like it was almost in some ways good that they could work stuff out over the course of whatever 20 songs between those two releases and it just didn't happen and now it obviously won't happen and that's what makes me most sad is that they never gave themselves a proper chance to do it and to do it the way that they owed it to themselves and to us you know 
I'll, I'll also say that uh, I think going back to what I was saying about how I think the two of them worked so well together because they had different ways of approaching songwriting. I feel like like Matt Skiba and Mark are kind of cut from the same cloth, especially nowadays. Like Matt Skiba just writes kind of kind of minor key depressing songs, and that's all Mark knows how to do these days. Jeez, can somebody give that guy like a hug? Because every single song he writes is like the most depressing thing in the world. Um, so I feel like it's just going to be sad sack, minor key, like really boring, depressing music, which is not what Blink is. Like they got moody on the the untitled record. But there was still, you still had stuff like Feeling This, and you still had stuff like um, Asthenia and, um, you know, other songs to balance it out. So I feel like now it's just going to be, it's just going to be another, like, it probably will sound like Plus 44, just like kind of dark and morose and just kind of, you know, makes you want to just paint your nails black and sit in a dark room. And that's not Blink to me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So it's, it's we're different there because Untitled is my favorite release, right? And then I actually maybe like the Boxcar and the Plus 44 and the First Angels record more than some of the Blink's older back catalog stuff. So I, I like moodier Blink, but also I love to death like Dude Ranch, Take Off, and Enema. Um, so I don't know. It's hard. Like they were so good. And they were the best to me at what they did. Like, to me, they are the most important pop punk band of the last 30 years or ever. And so it's really just strange to just see it get to this point. But like, And I'm not comparing Blink to Black Flag, but like, you know, it's not rare that we see things get bastardized, right? Or Sublime with Rome or whatever. Like, we see things like this happen as people get older and they still want to make lots of money for music. But they can't work out the disagreements that made the bands end in the first place, you know? Like, this isn't new, unfortunately. But it's the only thing of this mad- manner that's really happened to a band I love, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, Tom said in, in an interview at Comic-Con that somebody asked him what it would take to get Blink making new music again. And he said, a few phone calls. I think we're way past that. I think he's still a little delusional. Um well, that's the issue, though. Like, he's in some sense, he's right. That's all it ever took. But he never wanted to make those phone calls. So it's it was kind of like, you know, fuck you, man. Like, you had like you could have you could have done this, and you and you didn't because you didn't care. But it's it's, so it's broken beyond repair now. Like, there's no I. You, oh, there's so, no way I will. There, you you. Don't you disagree with me here? But there's no way Tom DeLonge will ever be in Blink One Eighty Two again. It's it's way we're way past that. I agree mostly, but I also could see in uh, for the thirtieth anniversary of whatever, whatever. You know, like I would agree. You know, I, I think in reality, if this album with Skiba doesn't go really well, then Blink's shelf life is probably decently limited. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just mostly sad about it. I think you you have every right to be sad. Maybe you can add a uh, a little tear on your tattoo. <laughs> well, I kind of have those actually, but do you? Well, I have like the drip lines from the album artwork. So depending on what you think about that. Oh, okay. Well, close enough. I feel like it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, our our last and and final topic on this show, um, 
to commemorate. Coffee is for closers, Evan. <laughs> coffee is for closers. I don't like coffee, so Me I don't know what about. I didn't know that you didn't like coffee. Nah, I hate coffee. Samesies. Um, but in the spirit of of endings, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite album closers. Ooh. I know you have some you have some written down here, and um, I agree with some of them. I think you're a little off on on others. Um, do you have like a well? Do you have like a a map of how, what you would consider to be like the closers? So okay, so let's start with this. What makes a great album closer for you? I think a song define kind of in some ways defines the record. Um, or in other ways, leaves you fully, you know, wrapped or wanting more. You know, the polar opposites of those two effects. What about you? Um, for me, the kind of it's the crescendo of things. It's um, mm-hmm. you know, I like records that spend a lot of time building to that to that final payoff. Right. I do as well, and I I typically love a sad sounding closer. And I really <laughs> really hate nothing more than I that I hate than um, a closing song that's not a closing song. And I I'll yeah, t- you got you gotta you gotta not like a botch closer. So here's so here's like the the biggest one for me. You have uh, Fire Five by Saves the Day on here, which is the closer on mm-hmm. Stay What You Are. Yeah. To to me, the, the closer of that record is This Is Not an Exit. Mm, interesting. That is the that that's but the Firefly last song. is the actual closer, right? And I think and they I made a I think they made a big mistake. Song. Interesting. I think that this is not an exit. Is probably one is absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, and I think ending the album on that note would have been stronger. I'm going to make a note on Firefly to listen to those songs in reverse order later. So, do how do we want to do this? Why don't um just go through a couple of these here and then um you know kind of we'll talk about them and then I'll go through a couple of mine. Okay. Um I I think my favorite song on this closer list would be hmm. Well, yeah, I I guess my favorite song on this closer list would be um Hold Me Down by Motion City Soundtrack. Okay. To me, will, it's one of my favorites. It's become one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, over the years, it's like it's it's just so great. There's there's name there's like if if people don't know like uh, there's a cursive reference in the song. It's the perfect just sad song to me, and I love it. I'll tell you what I what, what really kind of uh, the one thing that holds this song back for me, and it's such a minor thing, but it kills me every time, and it makes me actually kind of want to just like fast forward through the first verse, is the vocal performance on really? literally the first line of the song. The I got it just kills it for me. <sighs> Interesting, doesn't kill it for me. Just the the way that that vocal part sounds. Um, just takes me out of it um but the rest of the song is great and it, and it i told i told justin when he was on voice and verse that um we were kind of talking about what what he remembered from commit this to memory we did a whole episode talking about that that album as it turned 10 
And um, I said it felt that song in particular feels very cold to me. And, yeah. I th- and I think a lot of it is is the production choice, and I think a lot of it is the vocal performance, and it just the sounds that they that they captured makes me feel very cold. And the video obviously is them playing in the snow. Um, but I think going along with with the record, there's the theme of kind of the new year that that rolls through it, that runs through it, um, and that coupled with that kind of icy cold feeling of the last song um, takes me to a place that. You know, I feel the cold when I listen to that, which is what makes it a, a huge win for me. Mm, okay. What would you like to do a song or me? Um, I can I just end I'm gonna end the whole episode here with with the, my choice. Um because <laughs> this is Is this a bare naked lady song? Jimmy Eat World twenty three. Uh I would disagree. Really? Okay. I think. But go on. Um, boy, like Futures is the best Jimmy Eat World record by far, I think. See, so yeah, I would and also disagree. Really? Oh yeah, that's my third favorite Jimmy. Because you're album. you're probably really into uh, Invented. Probably really like Invented, which was a bad album. My uh, three favorite Jew albums are um, Bleed American, Clarity, and then Futures. Interesting. I think that's kind of blasphemy. But I I love I love them all. Like, but that's my order. Um, but 23 for me, um, I don't know. Like, uh, as I, uh, you know, I first, when, when Futures came out, I was, I was um, 18 mm-hmm. and getting ready to go to college. It was a big transitional time for me. And, and the lyric, you'll sit around, sit alone forever if you wait for the right time. What are you hoping for? Um, it was just like kind of a really inspiring thing. Like, you know, uh, if you don't, you don't try, you'll never know. Like, you know, just, you just have to go through life and then worry about, you know, the rest of it later. Um, so for, for that to resonate then and to still kind of find things in the song now that resonate with me 10 years later, um, really, you know, stands the test of time. And, uh, I love, you know, every part of that song, the, the I think the parts without the vocals are, are some of my favorite parts. The, you know the solo and just like how it all kind of builds and builds and builds and builds to that last chorus, and then uh, finally 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 kind of takes you home. Yeah, that's a it's a phenomenal song. I think what a great band, <laughs> great band, without really any drama ever, right? Like the just a great. Band. The biggest drama is like why doesn't Tom sing any songs anymore? 10, 15 years later. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I guess I'll do one more. Um, I am a real big fan of Collie Strings by Manchester Orchestra. Okay. Good song. Um, to me, I guess that's probably my favorite Manchester song. Um, it kind of, I feel like it shows really well what... Andy can do like in bare bones writing um, and how effective his vocals can be and how good he was at a young age um, and how it still translates so well today when he sings it. Um, And like one of my favorite lines probably just ever is like, don't stop calling. Um, Sorry, like, sorry. Now I'm going to make, now I'm going to forget the line. Um, 
Don't stop calling. You're the reason I love you losing have... sleep. Thank you. Um, that's just like one of my favorite lines. I think it's so great. Um, and I don't know that that song has always been an important one to me as I found Manchester. Um, and I, and I really like that song and it, it wraps up the album very well to me. That one's a good one. I me. would kind of say that the river I think is better. Oh, I think that's an awesome song. Um, but to me, Collie Strings is more of a closer that I like. Like the other ones I've listed here, just for reference, are I'm Lost Without You by Blink, Into the Airways by Jack's Mannequin, Handcuffs by Brand New, like songs that kind of are more morose sounding. Um, and The River is kind of more pounding. <laughs> um, do you like, let me ask you a question. Is Handcuffs your least favorite brand new song on uh, Devil and God? Outside of the ones that aren't really songs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I still think, so, so I, but I still is, think it's really good. I just, it's, I would. So this is like everyone's a consensus. To me, Handcuffs is my dark horse favorite brand new song, period. No, the best brand new song, my favorite brand new song is Jesus. There's nothing. A lot of people think Jesus is super boring. My friend Adrian and Jess, um, that's like their least favorite brand new song. No, incredible song. They think it's super boring. Um, I think, you know, Handcuffs is a top five brand new song for me. Um, maybe top. And again, Dark Horse, like my favorite song, my fa- my not favorite song that's my favorite song is Handcuffs. Um, I really love that song. Um... I think it's great. I would love just I would love Kevin Devine to cover that song. Oh, that'd be cool. I'll ask him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him to do that for a split. <laughs> um I got another one that's uh a pretty great closer here. And you're and you're okay. gonna I think you're gonna agree. Uh God of Wine, Third Eye Blind. Yeah, I was going to put that on the list, but I didn't feel comfortable putting it on my list since I've only really been accustomed to it for a few months. Yeah, you're a fake fan. Yeah. Um, that's okay. I don't really want to be a big Stephen Jenkins fan. So. Yeah, that dude sucks. Um, so That's a phenomenal song. So I think uh, the thing about that record that I that I really love is the, the stretch of those last three songs, the background, Motorcycle Drive-By, God of Wine. Any one of those songs could be the closer, right? Like I talked about Firefly and this is not an exit and you get upset because what you think should be the closer, like the, the next song just isn't as good. And you can feel that way on, on the third eye blind self-titled, but the next song is just as good, if not better, you know, like any one of those deserves to be the closer on its own. And I think that Jenkins was in very rare form back then that, you know, he was able to write just such phenomenal <laughs> the rarest i mean like man yeah i i don't have enough good things to say about this and i don't really have a a well thought out reason as to why i love this song but i think there's just something about uh just one of those songs that hits all the right strings like i don't i don't know that anyone could not really think like damn good song here guy yeah it's um yeah great song um why don't we do a speed round you just name a few okay um 
I'll Catch You by the Get Up Kids. Um, uh, get, uh, something to Write Home About is probably a top 10 record for me. Um, it's The record is really raw for a lot of the produced sounding records that I probably listen to, but it's also just so perfect to me. And I'll Catch You is a beautiful song, and I love it a lot. Your turn. Um, there's a song by this guy, Will Hogue, who I saw last week at this really, really nice venue in DC called Hamilton, um, song on his record, uh, draw the curtains called washed by the water, which is about, um, hurricane Katrina. Um, incredible, phenomenal. One of my favorite songs of all time. Um, chapter 13 by plus 44. Part of me wonders if. Sorry, go ahead. Really, man? Like we're probably like <laughs> finishing this podcast forever in two minutes, and that's how you're gonna be. Oh, I just, I, you know what? I just have to, you know, kind of lovingly spar with you. This whole plus forty four record is ninety seven percent about Tom DeLonge, each and every song, and chapter thirteen is the last song. It also sums everything up, and I really love it. Um, a lack of color, Death Cab for Cutie. What a song. Well, let me ask you this. Did they make a mistake not making transatlanticism the closer? Or was that too uh, was that too I could easy? Feel, I could I could like I could fuck with that conversation, but I'm not bummed at all that it's not because a lack of color is so good. You know, it does it, to me it's not that thing where you're talking about with saves the day. You know? Like to me, it's phenomenal as it is. And I love that transatlanticism is not even the like second to last song. It's just right in the goddamn middle of the album. Yeah. Like it kills it. You have that record uh, on what vinyl? What a great record, man. Yeah. Is it is it the last song on the A side? No, man. It's a dip, it's a double record. I think it's the last song on the C side. But it is the last song on A on A side of the record. Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Okay. I think it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty positive. Okay. As long as it's there and it's not just like... I think it's a last song. It's the last song on a B-side, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which makes sense then, as long as it's the last song on one of the sides of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a long It's a long record. Um, What a great record. Damn. Ne- nearly perfect. Um, the one slight blemish on that. I don't think it's a perfect record. No. There's one, one thing that just kills it for me, and it really makes me upset. Um... Death of an Interior Decorator. There's just that that kind of weird vocal melody that just kills it for me. Uh, see, th- this is where you dissect things too much, and like, I it's fine that you do. It's just like not how I listen to music. I want it to be so. I want it <laughs> so badly. Per- what, what would you consider to be like? Name three perfect records to you. To you. Um. That's really hard. I don't know if you can actually name any. I can name a few. Something that I would give five stars to. Uh, so even like some of my favorite records of all time, like I think that Futures is one of my favorite records, but I think that Pain is a bad song. Mm, interesting. Yeah. When I saw the Futures tour, I was like, eh, just just skip this one. Let's just please go. So sad. So sad. I didn't get to see that. It's a great tour, man. I didn't get to see the Clarity tour either, of course. But the Futures, Futures is a better album than Clarity, so. I disagree. Also, a dramatically less important album than Clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Not really an eh. Yeah. 
I would I would consider Clarity to be one of the most important emo records ever. It's not more important than Five Seconds of Summer, self-titled. Emo Revival, 2014. Okay, well, 28 episodes. <laughs> That's how it ends, talking about Five Seconds That's of Summer. That's how it ends. It has been fun and enjoyable. Yeah, I am. Sad. Huge thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we are again apologetic that it, that uh, we cannot give you more episodes, but thank you to everyone who has you know listened to one single episode or all twenty eight of these and listened to us just blabber on like idiots. Um, we had no expectations going into this, and um, it's been a lot of fun. And we've enjoyed all of the feedback. Thank you to anybody who's written in with comments or questions or um, critiques on my beautiful singing. And um, I'd like to leave you now with something, if that's okay. Oh, boy. Closing time. Time for you to go out to the places you will be from. That's it. Thank you. Um, Really, thank you, guys and gals and parents for listening. Um, Evan and I don't hate each other except sometimes when Evan definitely does not like me Um, (laughs) and when I think he's an idiot but that's how all loved ones are Um, thank you maybe we will speak to you again someday but follow us on Twitter Zach is at Zizarillo I'm at Evan Lucy I have a podcast called Voice and Verse every other Wednesday uh, voiceandversepodcast.com I uh, don't have any podcasts anymore See ya!